0: Mike Tomlin, Game Day Podcast with Steelers Digest Editor Bob Labriola. Okay, Coach, let's begin today with you teaching me a little bit about the offensive line. Uh, When it comes to pass protection, good pass protection, is there more to it than just the quarterback not getting sacked? No question. Um,
1: you know, you can look at it from several aspects. First is just the individual skill set associated with one-on-ones, uh, the sets, the hand usage, uh, the ability to anchor. Um, but there's also a collective element of it, too, a coordinated protection other uh, the way that the five guys collectively work together to block the myriad of things um, that they see. So it's a really challenging aspect of play. It's challenging in a very individual way. Uh, but it's also very challenging in a collective way. It is a one fail, all fail proposition. And so that really pushes
0: the urgency through the roof. In terms of the outcome, what are some of the things beyond, uh, in addition to the quarterback not getting sacked, that you're looking for uh, in terms of good pass protection?
1: Uh, a clean pocket affects accuracy. Forget whether or not he gets sacked. Uh, if he has the ability to step to and follow through throws, his accuracy goes way up. Uh, if the quarterback is being moved off the spot, having to retreat or or escape laterally, right or left, uh, it affects his ability to function um, in a very big way. So stats or sacks just tell part of the story. Sometimes you got an opportunity to affect the neg- affect the normal flow of an offense simply by making a move off a spot. or or not allowing him to be able to have enough space to follow through. Obviously, there's an attrition element associated with quarterback hits. Uh, That's been minimized a lot in recent years because of the player safety initiative. But when a guy's picking himself up off the ground repeatedly, uh, there's an erosion, if you will, particularly over the course of a football game.
0: Is it oversimplifying it for me to say the interior three on the offensive line, their job is to anchor the tackles, run their guys around behind them?
1: I think that's a general synopsis or place to begin. Obviously there's some more minutiae and intimate details within it, but certainly less um certainly if you're just looking at a place to begin, uh some things that are required for good pass protection, you gotta be stout up front so that he can he can have that space. Uh, for follow-through that creates accuracy so he's not moved off the spot. And then, obviously, for the protection of the football, um, the tackle's got to be good on the edge in terms of running people by. Uh, particularly in today's game, oftentimes those edge rushers are not hunting the quarterback, they're hunting the ball.
0: Is it ever part of the assignment for the pass protection, the offensive lineman, to create a throwing lane for the quarterback, or is that his job?
1: Very much so. Um, quick game, for instance. Um, all the short rhythm passing from time to time. Different guys have different philosophies. You'll see uh, in some offensive groups the tackles cut 100% of the time on quick game. And they're cutting uh, because they're trying to get the edge players hands down so that they can find throwing lanes on hitches and and slants, quick-hitting perimeter plays such as that. Um, That's an element of play. So by concept, it oftentimes dictates uh, the techniques or or the blocking style that's employed by the guys.
0: Uh, A few weeks ago when we were talking about the running game, you mentioned that an efficient run on first down pretty much comes down to winning the line of scrimmage and the backs falling forward. How would you evaluate the offensive line so far this season when it comes to winning the line of scrimmage?
1: It's been spotty. Um, It really has. Um, And some of it is born out of of circumstances uh, that are outside of their control. Um, when you're missing significant components on the perimeter, uh, people stack the box, and that makes winning the line of scrimmage more difficult. Particularly when they have you outnumbered. Some of it's just from week to week. We've been we face some really stout defenses. Some of some of which we didn't know were really stout at the time, but it's been revealed to us over the course of a larger body of work. New England's defenses, you know approaching legendary in terms of some of the things that they're doing. San Francisco's defense is really, really good, talking about some of the top defenses in the National Football League. In week one and week three, it wasn't necessarily evident to you. It's more evident to us now. So we haven't had the dominance that we'd like. Uh, some of it is due to to lack of execution from us. Some of it is due to circumstance. Some of it is just due to stiff competition. Uh, we need uh, that line of scrimmage, obviously one, uh this weekend, a uh, house cadence used as an uh, as a weapon for the offense it's used in a lot of ways uh pace is used in a lot of ways uh sometimes you beat defenses to the punch with up tempo play first sound uh sometimes the speed in which you get to the line of scrimmage makes play calling from a defensive standpoint challenging. So the quicker you get to the line, the quicker the D coordinator has to make a decision, the quicker the defense has to communicate and get lined up. So that's just an element of pace. The actual snapping of the ball once you're at the line in terms of getting those guys before their communication is complete and and there's a general lack of readiness there is another aspect of it and also some of the false cadences, hard counts and so forth, in an effort to gain a free five yards and make sure that they fundamentally sound that way is another use of pace. Um, there are a lot of uses of pace. Uh, we try to work in all areas and use, utilize different ones at different times.
0: Uh, it will be B.J. Finney today in place of Marquise Pouncey. Uh, what skill set does Finney have that will allow him to get that job done against the Bengals?
1: You know, he is very stout and always has been. Uh, he's very square. He doesn't lose ground. And so that, that, that falls in line with the discussion that we were having earlier about being able to to keep a clean pocket so that he can follow through, so that he's not moving off the spot, and thus he has a chance for his accuracy uh, to be where it needs to be. Uh, B.J. has always been very stout. Um, it helps him at center. It also helps him at guard uh, when, he's, when he gets the opportunity to start and play in there as well.
0: In terms of the individuals who have had to step up and then the unit as a whole, how's the defensive line responded to the season-ending injury to Stephon Tewitt?
1: I think they're going to continue to write that uh, story as we proceed through the upcoming weeks. It's easy to bridge the gap in a short period of time. Uh, Guys to expand outside of their normal or anticipated roles for a short period of time. The mental wear and tear with an, ex- with an expanded role over a longer period of time, the physical wear and tear over an expanded role over a larger period of time will tell the story. Um, the guys can get it up, and 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 we've done a nice job uh, keeping consistent pressure on the quarterback. It's meant more snaps for guys like Javon. Uh, it's meant more snaps for guys like Tyson. Uh, they've been able to handle it and handle it very well in a short period of time. What's that going to look like? As from a cumulative standpoint, as these snaps pile up, they're going to continue to write that story. But we've also supplemented some of that stuff with a hybrid group in there that includes Vince Williams. So we've been thoughtful about that and, and cognizant of that, and really want to spread Stephon's snaps around a group of people in an effort to keep all of those guys up and up in a positive way. When
0: you're watching and evaluating video, either of your own team or an opponent. Can you gauge the effort of an individual player or a unit? Easily. Um,
1: There are certain things that you look for uh, from a coach's perspective. Time has taught me that. Uh, Changes of speed uh, in pursuit of the ball. uh, Changes of speed in pursuit of a block. Uh, If there's a change in speed, then that means they weren't going full speed. Uh, um, Guys staying on the ground. Um, You know, you're going to get knocked down in football some uh, in a lot of ways whether you you get blocked to the ground um, or you miss tackles and so forth and a guy's ability to spring to his feet and continue to play, you'd be shocked uh, the amount of plays made by guys that at some point during the course of that play we're, we're on the ground in some form or fashion. Uh, those are two key, key things that I look for when I talk about guys hustling and playing at full speed. Uh, I'm looking for changes of speed. That's an indication that they weren't going full speed the whole time and guys stand on the ground. Um, man, it's okay from time to time to get knocked down. That's part of football. You're going to lose some physical battles. you get tripped up. It's closed-quarter combat. you got to get to your feet and get moving. Do you think that's something that other players know as well? There's no question. Um, I, I think their level of awareness is, is environmental. I think that if you, if you, if you teach it, and if you hold them accountable consistently, if it's something that's talked about and described, um, if it's outlined for them, uh, one of the things I always outline is you know us being a tough and physical defense, and how do you do it? Uh, you play at full speed all the time. Uh, you never turn down a hit. You never get passed up by a like athlete. Uh, you don't stay on the ground. And so if you're if you're meeting those criteria, then chances are you're playing with the type of urgency and speed
0: that allows you to, to play the type of ball you want to play. If you see that in an opponent, lack of effort, do you point that out to your team or is that something you don't want them to have in their head going into the game? Um, um, you know,
1: it, it, I point it out if it's a teachable moment in some way. Um I think all of us in this thing are looking for opportunities to teach. Forget how it relates from a matchup standpoint relative to a game. There's just some football things, man, things that happen in the game, whether it happens in our game or in in preparation for our game or things that just happen in football in general. I think oftentimes tape is, is is an opportunity to teach. And so I may acknowledge it. I may not. Uh, oftentimes if I'm acknowledging and I'm not acknowledging it in an effort to provide comfort for us as we prepare for somebody, I'm using it as an opportunity to teach because that tape is your walking, talking, breathing breathing resume. It is for players. It is for us as
0: a coach. uh, You want good quality things on tape. For the typical NFL team, how do practices change over the course of a season, everything from the length to tempo to how you choose to get the work done?
1: It all gets appropriately tempered, and and I say appropriately tempered because professionals know. Um, we step in the stadiums, things happen in stadium, and uh, and you adjust accordingly. Um, we're in a tough physical game. Um, people are capable of practicing, but they don't feel great. Uh, the tempo is, you know, dial down some. Uh, practices are shorter as the season goes on because some of these lessons, if we don't have them now, we're never going to get them, you know. Uh, So there's some appropriate adjustments that occur to a practice structure over the course of a season. You
0: often speak of your job as being one where you have to give the players whatever they need at a particular time. Uh, What did Mason Rudolph need from you this week?
1: You know, we we had some non-football discussions, to be quite honest with you. Um, Not necessarily about the fight or what transpired, uh, but he's a young guy, um, he's new to the public life. Uh, so oftentimes, some things are said about you that are untrue, that that are um, that don't characterize you in an accurate or appropriate way. And when you live a public life, you got to learn how to, to absorb that and not be consumed by it and move on. Uh, you want to aggressively defend yourself, your name, your honor, and so forth. In many instances, man, it's not worth your time. It's fruitless. And people that don't know you are going to believe what they want to believe anyway. So we had a lot of discussions about that because, obviously, I live somewhat of a public life and I get uh, interesting things said to and about me. Uh, I've had a lot of these discussions with my sons over the years. It's cool to be able to have it with him and hopefully help him adjust to uh, the things that come with this game at this level, which is a public life, uh, inaccurate portrayals of you, you know, assumptions being made about you, et cetera, and sometimes just general hate and envy. Um, you know, it's all a blessing when you really look at it. There are good problems to have, and we had an opportunity to kind of talk about some of those things this week.